As long as I don't get Hello! last. Hello! As, as, as long as I don't get last in, in, in the league, it's all, that's all. That's all we need to know. Okay. So, as long as I can hold down the fort, hopefully Cooper and Christian get beat this week in fantasy football. For Cooper. If anybody sees Cooper, all right, just tell him he's going to get last. That's like, I'll really, I've kind of rude for Cooper to get last. I, out of everybody, I want to see Cooper get last. <laughs> well, it was kind of Trevor at first. But it was, like, well, Trevor or Cooper, but I think Trevor's got a good enough. Well, I don't think Trevor's going to go down last, but, but Cooper, Cooper's got a chance. That would be hilarious. We'll see how it is. Uh, one one piece of advice for anybody who's listening is if you have any little ones, don't let them play with the packaging peanuts. Huh? You know what packaging peanuts are? The little white, the little white, white things. White yeah. things yeah. So yesterday, Kaylee got some Christmas ornaments in, and they had the big packaging peanuts in it. You know, in the box to help protect the the ornaments, whatever. And so we're sitting down eating dinner, and they got done. We're just kind of sitting down talking to me and Kaylee with well, her. I kind of hear Cooper rummaging in the box, you know, so I'll see Claire and Carter go over there and, you know, 60 seconds go by and they're in there acting like it's snowing and they're crushing all the damn peanuts up, which I didn't think was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. And, you know, because they were kind of running around the kitchen and whatnot and, you know, it was all over the place. I was like, oh, whatever, let's sweep it up. And little did I know how staticky this shit is. So trying to sweep this shit off the floor, and you literally pick up your broom and it's stuck to the broom. Stuck to the broom. <laughs> it's got some stack to it, and like it's sticking to the ground, it's sticking to the cabinets. It took us like an hour to Just pick to get up to pick up. up all these freaking packages. I mean, how much was this like spread apart everywhere? Well, I mean, like think like if kitchen island in the middle, mm-hmm. it would. I mean, they literally did like a circle around the kitchen island, right? So it's like literally all throughout the kitchen. And then like our living room is connected right there by our kitchen. So it's like in the living room. So like it's scattered into the living room. It's like on the counters, like because it's like <laughs> stacking up on the counter doors. It it took us like, and then you couldn't vacuum it up because the bigger peanuts that weren't smashed would clog the tube. Clog the damn thing. So you couldn't pick like you'd have to sweep up all, try to get all the big ones picked up before you could pick up the smashed ones. It was. No, I didn't think it was going to be that complicated of a deal, but it literally took us an hour to pick it all up. Was it the white ones or the green ones? The white ones. White ones. Okay. And so, and literally, so as we're picking everything up, Carter has to read, like, read her little books or read her AR points, whatever. And, and so I was like, hey, you need to go read your book while we're cleaning this stuff up. And so Claire is screaming her head off because she wants to have a book, right? It's always this tit for tat deal. Like, one's doing one, one's, one's doing another. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I'm like, well, go to your room and get one. And in their room, they have like three individual shelves of like books that we hang them up on. And they're kind of, you know, the first one's about waist level. The second one's probably about, you know, sternum level. The next one's probably about neck level. And the last one's probably like eye level to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So they can't really reach the top shelf. Well, she walks in the room. Of course, she wants the book that's on the very, on the very top, top shelf. shelf. Well, instead of coming like asking me, like, hey, can you come with this book? She decides she's going to climb up the bookshelf. So as we're cleaning up this shitstorm of oh, books, peanuts, you hear, you hear, you hear, like literally off a movie, you hear, click, 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 ah, and her starts screaming. <laughs> Claire's like covered in books. And sure enough, I'll walk in the room, there's freaking books scattered all over the ground, bookshelves on the ground. She's screaming, crying. I'm like, oh. My God, it's it never ends. Afterwards. It never ends. Constant shit show. And so, as we're trying to clean up the damn packing peanuts, 
Cooper decides he's going to make snow angels in the damn piles we're trying to make. Oh, good. So we basically had to lock them outside in the backyard while we're trying to clean like, up. Close or lock the door. We literally had to lock them out. Like, <laughs> it's the only way we're going to get them cleaned up because Cooper doesn't realize what we're trying to do. He just thinks it's a game. So he just keeps stomping in all of the freaking piles like that, just scattering the shit everywhere. Oh, my God. It was, it was definitely one of those afternoons to say the least so but just fyi if you if you want any future reference don't let your kids play in packaging peanuts or you <laughs> or you not a good idea and so uh but anyways i don't know have we done if we if we're gonna do another one if it's the case i really don't care but have we done like an actual podcast on just sleeping alone like actual sleep no no uh-huh. so I thought I think we've mentioned it but like I don't know if we've talked about it like in depth yeah we maybe talked about like in sections of a podcast about sleep but I don't know I figure we give a shot and talk about sleep itself okay. maybe it might be one of those things like people kind of get the eye roll like oh it's freaking sleep like, who cares about sleeping or what you know it's, I feel like sleep is a touchy subject well yeah depending and we're going to talk about it a little bit and talk about different situations and whatnot. Uh, because I think it's one of those things kind of like sleeping is kind of like breathing where it's like everybody sleeps and everybody breathes so it's like why even talk, talk about, about it, it you know because it's something you naturally do anyways you know compared to like diet and nutrition that's a little bit like okay people feel like they don't have enough education on that or when it comes to working out they don't have enough education on that so they're they're more willing to listen to uh, you know a podcast about those particular subjects but um, because sleep not being on the forefront of their minds, they might have a tendency to not really think about it or kind of. That's just know, something that like everybody just you just don't even think about doing. You well, just you go to bed, do, right? you eat supper, right? You go. Well, you've done it since you're a baby, right? Just like you're breathing, like you've done it as a baby. So like, what's it? What do I need to learn about sleeping, right? Um, and so obviously, there's different situations out there. Everybody's situations are different that can affect your sleep, you know. And obviously, you know, the first one that comes to mind. Is obviously some of you work shift work, mm-hmm. right? And if you work shift work, in two degree, I don't want to say like, obviously you're screwed, but obviously a lot of the podcast podcast information is not going to be able, be applicable to you because of the fact that you just got to do what you got to do at that point. You got to do what you got to do. Where you know you're, you got to provide your family and you have this job that requires you to literally change the way you're sleeping in a 24 hour time frame. I mean, it, it's rough on the body. I mean, I mean working will have like a day gap between. Day and yeah. night. So like, like I forgot what they call it like a, like a Canadian swing yeah, shift something like or something that. where they work like three days off a day, work three nights off a night, and they go like four off a day, work four, then like oh, off a week just or something. A day and then going straight into nights. Man, that's 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 tough. That is really really hard on the body when you don't have some type of rhythmic sleep pattern to a degree. That is so hard, especially. It's not big, like you could just like. Well, it's, switch it off and say, hey, I'm going to go sleep for eight hours. Well, it's one thing to say, like, okay, I'm going to work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then my next shift, I have to work from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a subtle, like, shift, six-hour shift. But you're literally flipping the clock where you're, you're working from 6A to 6P. Next time, you have to go and you go from 6P to 6A. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different time frame. So, basically, you're going from a 24-hour period of working the six hours of being up and then sleeping these X amount of 12 hours, and then you're literally flip-flopping it to completely the opposite direction within a 24-hour time frame. That's tough. And so there may be some things that maybe you can apply here to maybe when you have, when you're going to sleep, maybe these, there's some tidbits that would make you have to maybe help you go to sleep better or faster. But obviously to a degree, 
a lot of it's going to be tough because of the fact that you're so out of rhythm with that sleep pattern, right? Compared to somebody who's working an eight to five job where, and they're working Monday through Friday, that's a, a lot more schedule, right? They have a very consistent schedule, <clears throat> makes things a whole lot more simple. Um, or, you know, obviously with my case or, you know, not as of right now, but like having very young babies at home or little, little kids at home where, you know, those guys are waking up, you know, or from one to three times a night and that breaks up your sleep pattern as well, right. you know, and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day because we were talking about sleep in general and, uh, you know, people skip skipping out of the gym because of the fact of lack of sleep and, and things like that. And uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you when it comes to sleep, you kind of have to do what you got to do sometimes. And we're going to talk about ways to help the overall pattern right but if you're like in a season of like having young kids at home like little babies at home you know knowing that's a, that's a temporary thing right and, and having the mindset shift of saying okay like i know right now the circumstances aren't ideal and you know i'm definitely not gonna but i'm not gonna feel my best but if i get out of the habit of waking up to come work out then it's gonna be really, really hard to get yeah, back into that habit of doing it again. Because you're always gonna say like, okay, well, you know, in six months, then I'll get back at it. Well, it's a long time, it's a big gap of not working out over a six month window. And it's so much harder to restart that habit up again when so-called things calm down, right? You might say, okay, well, I was working out five times a week, now I have this young baby at home and my sleep pattern's completely thrown off and it's, not realistic that I'm, I'm going to be running off three hours of sleep and going to work out at, at 4.45 in the morning, right? Where, okay, so instead of maybe working out five times a week, I'm going to limit that down to three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but those are not negotiable, so I have to get up on those days regardless of how I feel and, and go get that done, right? Uh, because you want to still form that habit consistently. Um, and it's so hard, like I said, if you break that habit to get back into that routine. So it's more like the mindset of maintaining the habit of doing it more than anything else. I think is what you have to have the mindset. If, you know, some days you're gonna feel it more than others and those days that you're feeling it, go attack it. And if your days are not, back off the intensity a little bit, back off the weight. But still form that habit of that routine is the biggest, biggest thing. It's what I usually recommend people when having like a newborn baby or just, you know, some type, something that's affecting their, their sleep pattern where it's kind of out of their hands. Um, it's not like you can kind you of can't really make that better, right? Well, it's not much you can really do, yeah. right? You're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place, and you just kind of have to deal with the situation that you have. Same thing with like shift work people, where you know that's that's your livelihood, right? And you're not going to necessarily quit your job over something like that, right? Like you have to kind of shift and pivot to the best of your abilities, right? But also being realistic what you know the cars that you're dealt right now, and knowing how to operate and shift those things to make yourself, you know still live a healthy lifestyle, but also be realistic of what's going on, right? And so, uh, and, and it's one of those things where, I forgot exactly the, the quote that I saw the other day, I thought it was a really good quote, it was like, uh, when the weight of your commitment out outweighs your emotions, that's when you'll finally see results, you know? Because I think a lot of times when, you know, you can kind of, let your mind kind of like start feeling sorry for yourself, like, oh, I didn't sleep that much, or maybe you can give those yourself those reasons to not come work out, right? Well, you know, you're kind of letting your emotions get in the way of that, and until your commitment can actually say, it's outweighing like what you actually want, then only then will you see progress, yeah. right? If you're always gonna be emotional about your decision-making on when to go working out, then you're always gonna find a excuse not to do that, right? And, and especially when you're 
sleep deprived more, more often than not, especially like having a newborn, it's you're a lot easily to or more susceptible to fall into those emotions instead of letting your commitment kind of take over and keeping those habits in place. Um, so, first off, I think maybe kind of starting off with this, like what are kind of like some, and I kind of took some notes is, you know, what are some markers of like what are good sleeping patterns, right? So if you have these kind of markers, I mean, obviously your sleep is pretty in check, and maybe you don't need even need to even do anything to change up your routine. Right, so like the very first marker is, can you fall asleep within about 30 minutes of going to bed? Right, so if you're kind of one of these very people that it literally, like you get in bed, you're tossing and turning all the time. It takes you forever. Now it doesn't mean every night, yeah. but like, but like at least, of your nights. like at least a handful of nights out of your week that like you're having a hard time falling asleep, then obviously you don't, you don't have some, something's fall off that's not allowing you to fall asleep in a time frame, a timely manner of some kind. So that's the very first thing. And the only other way you would know this particular marker is like you'd have to have like a whoop band or something. Something to track. Something to track your sleep. But uh, you know, of the like of the time frame that you are sleeping, around 85, 89% of that time that you're actually asleep actually needs to be sleeping, right? Because you can have like those light sleepers where you're not necessarily awake, but you're tossing and turning without yeah. realizing it, right? So you kind of have that it's restless like the sleep. Whoop band would like tell you like eight hours of sleep, but like six hours, it would be like. It would give you a total of sleep, but then it would actually give you like the actual amount that your eyes were like closed and you were sleeping, sleeping, yeah. right? So it's kind of like that quality versus quantity, which we'll talk about that as well. Um, but 85, like 89%, around 85, should be actually restful sleep, like you're actually sleeping, like going through the stages of sleep. And then um, only waking up actually like more than, like you're waking up more than one time in the middle of the night, then that's also a problem, right? So you might have... You know, that one time you wake up and like you had to go pee or you just randomly wake up and you relatively fall asleep back quickly. If you're having multiple episodes of that, then that's also an issue of some kind. So if any of those three are kind of happening somewhat consistently to you where, you know, you're either having a hard time falling asleep, you're waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, or you feel like you're not getting actual restful sleep of those three, then those are those three general markers. If you're missing out on any of those, then you know that you're, something's going on that what you're doing is not allowing your body to get the rest of sleep that you need, right? So, but if you hit all three of those markers, like, hey, I don't have any issues sleeping, like I fall asleep pretty quickly, I feel like I get plenty of sleep on a regular basis, um, you know, I don't ever wake up in the middle of the night, then you're good to go, don't worry about it, right? Um, so let's talk about two things that are very common misconceptions when it comes to sleeping. Is So like the first one is like, what's better? Is it better to get like, five or six hours of like really good sleep or is it better to have seven to eight like eight to nine hours of like just okay to sleep like time in bed time doing yeah and it's kind of like that quality versus quantity thing and i would kind of argue when it comes to sleep itself that almost the quality is more important than the quantity because once again if you're in bed for eight or nine hours but once again you're, you're tossing and turning for hours on end in the bed if you're waking up multiple times at that point in time, I mean, you're actually probably only getting somewhere around four or five hours of yeah. actual sleep compared to if I can actually only sleep. Like actual sleep that's going to benefit you, right? Yeah, for six hours, then that's better off. Obviously, the gold standard would be like seven to eight hours on a consistent basis of good quality sleep. But if you're kind of like taking one or the other of what's more important, I think some people don't realize it's like okay even though you might not getting the ideal seven to eight hours of sleep every single night if you can still get six really good quality hours that's still really good compared to some people who are getting like 
in bed for eight hours, but they're only getting maybe four to five hours of quality sleep, right? weird throughout the yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other misconception is like you can't you can't make up sleep. So I think like for instance, like you might be say maybe you're sleep deprived, right? And you know, so I'm gonna sleep in on maybe Saturday morning or Sunday morning, right? To make up for lost sleep. That's not how the body usually operates. You can't make up for lost sleep patterns. Once you kind of hit that deficit, you can't regain it, yeah. right? You can't regain that ground. All you can do is change your sleeping hygiene in the future to recoup some of that stuff that you lost. You can't do it in one day. Like I think like the window is like, you might feel better for like a four to six hour window. If let's say for instance, all week you only got four hours of sleep and then maybe Saturday morning you sleep in, you get nine hours of sleep. So you're trying to catch up on your sleep so called. You might initially feel better because okay, I slept more, but you've already done the damage from the lack of sleep you've already gained. You've done too much damage. Yeah, the like the hormonal damage you've done from the lack of sleep that you've done. It's kind of what the research and studies show is that you cannot make up for the lack of sleep that you built over the week, right? And so uh, those are kind of common misconceptions like catching up on sleep and then like just the volume of sleep is what's most important. It's really more the quality of the sleep that you're getting and then a consistent sleeping routine, okay? So um, I kind of wrote down like eight different things that you can do that maybe if, you, if you're falling in this bucket of sleeping and that's just a, an issue with you, um, here's some things that maybe, we'll kind of break down each one. I don't know how long we'll kind of go on this because uh, they're not like crazy. And some things are kind of like, duh, you probably have probably heard these and maybe you haven't. Maybe some things that might help you out. Um, but I think people, everybody knows that sleep's important to a degree. And sometimes, you know, because of the world that we live in and demanding jobs that we have and, and things like that, that sometimes that kind of gets put on the back burner. But, you know, sometimes you kind of have to argue of the point of like, do you have the time but you're just not prioritizing your sleep enough to get in the amount of hours? I think a lot of times as people, sometimes we can feel like we're busy, but if you kind of like really examine your schedule, it's kind of like, okay, you probably can, you know, eliminate some things or can dip some things down yeah. to where you can kind of get an extra, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of the sleep at night and that would go a really long ways, right? Like instead of, you know, saying you're watching an episode of Netflix every single night. TV or on your phone for an hour. Like, exactly. And that's, and that's a lot of people, right? They can, they usually have a little bit like an extra 30 minutes an hour. They could probably shut off their day and get in bed a little bit early to get that extra sleep in. But they say if they watch an extra TV show, um, they're on their phone scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, whatever it may be. Is, and that's useless time that's not obviously going to the advantage of taking care of your health. And so, uh, one thing I think only thing people think about when it comes to your sleeping patterns is like the amount of sun exposure you're getting. So like what studies are kind of showing right now, which has kind of gotten bigger in the past year, is the amount of sun exposure you're getting to your actual visual eye, like in the morning and the afternoons. So I'm not like obviously a scientist, I don't know like all the physiological things that are happening with the sunlight going into the eye, but it's very if you think of it like very ancestrally, right? Like if you think hundreds of years ago, people didn't live and die by an alarm clock, right? Like it wasn't like there was a clock at all points in time. If you think like back in the native days, like it, you woke up in the same time up and you pretty much went to bed with the same sun went down, right? That was the natural alarm clock, right? And that's how naturally how your body usually progresses with their sleep. So there's still hormonal balances that happen to when you get sun exposure in the morning that allows you to wake up easier. And the same thing when, you, when you're going to bed at nighttime, if you can get that last little bit of sun exposure at nighttime, the sun going down, right? It's automatically going to trigger ancestrally because of the fact that sun's going down, it's like it's getting time to go to sleep. 
right? But a lot of times when we're waking up in the mornings, you know, we're immediately getting on our phones or we're staying inside for multiple hours in the morning before you even get outside to get any type of sun exposure, right? So if you can get some, some type of sun exposure to start your morning and at nighttime when the sun's going down and get some visual light into your eyes, that'll actually help out a ton to actually get into your sleep. Ranges, you know, I think they say ideally you'll get somewhere around 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon is ideal. You know, you can go for a morning or afternoon walk to help get some of that sun exposure that should help out with regulating some type of sleep pattern. Okay, so that's, that's a simple one, but maybe some people don't know about. Another thing I, I think a lot of people don't really consider is the consistency of what your sleep pattern looks like. Meaning, do you wake up and go to bed at the same time every single night? Right. If you're constantly shifting that pendulum of what time you're going to bed, what time you're waking up, which I think most people have some type of regimen when it comes to maybe their weekdays where, you know, they're going to bed at 10 and they're waking up at six. Right. That's pretty regulated. But coming on Saturday and Sunday or Friday night, Saturday night, they're not going to bed till one in the morning and then sleeping until 11 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. or one, 11 o'clock in the morning, then that's also doing damage to your sleep because you're not setting consistent patterns, right? Your body doesn't have that in, in the input alarm clock. And the more consistent you can be with your sleep hygiene, the better you're going to feel. Because like you hear, hear people like trying to work out in the morning, it's like, well, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. When, especially when they first start. And it's because also your body is now having to re-regulate that pattern of sleeping. So if you can consistently wake up at 4.30 in the morning, can work at 4.45, your eventually. body, eventually your body will get consistently in that pattern. It's when you're only working out 4.45 twice a week and then you're coming at that's 4 in the afternoon. Like yeah, here. that's when my ears get hot, talking uh, with this freaking mic on. But you'll feel better if you stay consistently with the same sleeping pattern, right? Like even though, you know, you maybe feel tired at first. If you can stay consistently coming in at waking up at 4.30 every single morning, that will actually become more rhythmic and routine. But if you're constantly changing every other day, like I said, Monday I'm waking up at 6, the next day I'm waking up at 4.30, next day I'm waking up at 6, next day I'm waking up at 4.30. You're probably not going to be used to it. That 4.30 is always going to be tough to wake up for. But if I can consistently stay with that same pattern, it'll be a whole lot easier to sustain that. And the same thing with my bedtime routine. If I'm always consistently trying to go to bed at at nine o'clock, then if I can, the more consistent I can stay with that pattern, the better it is for my sleep hygiene. And I think a lot of people don't consider that. They maybe do it for, obviously, most of maybe the middle of the week, but come the weekend, you know, things get completely drawn off. And, and also, you have to be realistic in a real world. Like, if you have parties going on, like events, things like that, yeah, those things are obviously gonna throw off your, your sleep pattern. I'm not saying you live in a cave and you don't ever go out and do any events because you, your sleep's more important. But you know, if it's a weekend, and say maybe I go to bed normally at nine, I sleep, I sleep a little bit like 10 to watch TV shows, something like that. That's not the end of the world, that's still pretty damn close. But it's, it's, if you're awake, like normally going to sleep at nine, you're not going to sleep till like one in the morning because you're saying I'm on binge watching Netflix. Yeah. That's not out of Yeah, diet back a little bit. So the more consistent you can be with your sleep patterns of the time that you go to bed and the time you're waking up, Monday through Sunday, the better off place you're going to be. And the easier your body's going to fall into that rhythmic pattern of, going to sleep and waking up at the same time. It's a, and you'll find yourself a lot easier waking up and going to sleep at those individual times, the more consistent you can be with that. I think most people know the next one is the room temperature obviously plays a big part. I think people kind of know that one by now, but if you don't, I mean, I think the range is anywhere from as low as like 60 degrees, which is, I think that's a little cold. That's but this is what I was, <laughs> I was reading up on. 
Desmond is like 68. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones told me one time they go to sleep at their house like at 75. Oh my God, I'll be sweating. I'll be sweating. <laughs> I imagine. Be soaked. <laughs> There's no way I could do that. But anyways, like that around like that that mid to high 60 areas, obviously ideal because of the fact your body can regulate its body temperature a lot easier. You're not having to sweat in the middle of the night. You're not sitting there shivering in the middle of the night. So that's usually what the research kind of shows is around those high 60. So obviously if you're not doing that, do that. But I think most people understand that. I think a lot, another one's been kind of put out there is obviously the blue light thing. Yeah. Like if you're sitting there on scrolling your phone in your bed in the middle of the night, you're more than likely not going to be able to go to sleep. That's easier for you sitting there watching TV as you like while you're, uh, while you're up and stuff like that. And I think it's kind of one of those things where, uh, if you don't kind of understand the blue light is kind of like what you get from like some exposure, right? So it's basically indicating like it's nighttime. It's kind of wake up kind of deal to your brain. And that's why you get more stimulated when looking at your phone compared to if you had some like a dim light. Um, and that's why like for me, I still have, I have like an alarm clock next to my bed just so I can see the actual time in the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. like if I have to open up in the morning, and, you know, I have a hard time waking up because I have like anxiety and I'm going to oversleep. So if I barely wake up, I'm like, oh shit, I'm late. Yeah. But I noticed if I would wake up in the night and I'd check my phone, I'd have a hard time going back to sleep because of that blue light hitting me in the face at like at two in the morning. So having like a dim light to show actually what time it is, I'm able to go. If I do happen to wake up in the middle of the night, then I have an easier time going back to sleep and checking my phone in the middle of the night. So ideally what you would have happen is, you know, you would, go about an hour or so before bed not really checking your phone that much i know that's not what most people do um but that's ideal i know they they sell those damn nerdy little blue, uh, blue light yeah, blue light blue blockers light whatever um, that you can wear like at nighttime so like if you still want to check your phone and stuff like that and work on your laptop you could if you wanted to do that and it, you know protects the blue light coming into your eyes or whatever uh, but I mean, I don't think maybe we're gonna invest in something yeah. like that. We're gonna sit there and watch TV when they have sunglasses. I think you'd be surprised how many people have those. Hey, if they do it, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not hating, but like, it's just as an option to you, right? Or you can just say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the phone down, turn the TV off for like an hour before I go to bed, and that's the more ideal way. But it's, 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 you know, we're, we're a you both there. I'm, and the thing is, is like, you can say I'm, I'm full of shit and I'm not doing any of that stuff, and yeah. I, I don't care. I'm just. All I'm saying, I'm just giving the information. You do what you want, right? I'm just letting you guys know these are the things that have been shown to help improve your sleep patterns, right? So if there's something that you want to do, I'm just giving you the tools to do that, yeah. right? Like, and you could say, I don't really don't give a shit, and don't do it. Like, I'm too each their own, right? I'm just giving you the tools to do that. Um, another one that I think a lot of people don't consider is your eating habits at nighttime. So, which we talk about nutrition a lot, and we talk about, you know, Probably more often than not, eating consistently the same foods is going to probably be your best bet more often than not. But if you're somebody who doesn't do that and you're constantly changing what your dinner meals look like or these late afternoon snacks, whatever you're doing, then that can also affect your sleeping patterns. Because obviously how different foods operate in your gut, how you feel is going to play a big part in that. So if you're, or like for instance, the carbohydrate, your consumption that you're consuming that night time can also affect you because the insulin spikes that you're getting. So if you're somebody who maybe, let's say maybe you eat dinner at six and you go to bed like at nine, nine thirty, right before you go to bed, you eat like a big bowl of ice cream or something like that. I'll say that's a big insulin spike, which at that point in time, your glucose levels rise, things like that, which can make it tougher for you to want to go to sleep. So, because you hear some people as well, like talk about not eating X amount of time before you go to bed because of this, but it's, it's more so, in my opinion, if you're 
eating something different every single night, that can, depending on how your body operates, can affect your sleeping pattern. If you're eating the same thing all the time, then you should be fine. Your body's kind of regulated with what you're eating. But if you're constantly changing, then that could also cause, you know, gastrointestinal distress or maybe that can also cause you not be able to fall asleep as easy. So another thing you can do is, is stay consistently with the same dinner meal or same, or at least the last meal of your day should be pretty consistently the same thing. That, that's another thing that I don't think people kind of realize is maybe that one, that could be one thing that can be affecting their sleep. Uh, number six is, I think obviously is caffeine intake. I think most people understand yeah. that. Now everybody's a little different on uh, what, how sensitive they are to caffeine. Like I still can remember my parents drinking coffee in bed. Yeah, like for me it's different. It's like, like obviously I can't have like an energy drink past like five, mm-hmm. like four thirty, five o'clock for me. But what's your normal sleep time? Uh, probably like midnight. midnight yeah, twelve thirty. So yeah, then you come over. But like I could drink coffee at eleven forty-five. So coffee, you can go coffee. Sleep. Like I'm energy drink, like nothing. Um, but like if it's an energy drink or something, I'm up. I'm up for a while. Well, energy drinks have a little bit more punch to them. I mean, they're looking like probably two to four hundred milligrams. Yeah, it's about a half to two hundred. Yeah, yeah probably. And so I mean, the coffee's what like a hundred milligrams for a cup, a hundred. Yeah, probably. something like that. And so uh, I, I think like the ideal number they mostly say is about six to eight hours before you go to bed. But everybody's a little different on how sensitive they are to caffeine and how desensitized you've gotten over the years. Yeah. You know, because some people, like I said, can drink caffeine you know an hour literally before they go to sleep and then go to sleep quickly no problem right uh and so everybody's a little different on that i think that's a little bit individualized on how since you are to caffeine but i think a good general rule is it definitely try to eliminate caffeine at least a handful of hours before you go to sleep mm-hmm. um more than anything else but i think most people kind of understand that but uh, number seven is uh your bedtime routine. So we always kind of talked about like, you know, beating on the phone and things like that. And I think obviously with social media or just watching TV in general, sometimes that alone, even though you don't realize it can be kind of those things where it's either, well, for instance, like your body has like a, what's called like a parasympathetic and, uh, I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, it's not non-sympathetic, but you have parasympathetic. I think it's parasymp- parasympathetic and symp- sympathetic. So parasympathetic is, is more like a relaxed state, right? So but basically, like your body's like counting in chill mode, right? Well, when you're watching your phone or you're on like watching TV and things like that, that maybe your things are, you know, either making like making you laugh or making you emotional of some kind, right? That puts your body in that sympathetic state, making it more stressed out, so to speak. Not to say it's a good or a bad thing, but it's not putting it in a relaxed state for sure, right? And so ideally your bedtime routine should be something that's pretty low stress on the body, right? So let's say maybe if your bedtime routine is usually at 10, somewhere around that nine o'clock hour, right? That's wind down time where maybe, like I said, we're kind of putting down the TV, we're kind of putting down the phone, things like that. And we're kind of moving to like more slow stress things. So it could be like from there, going to take a hot shower or a hot bath and then chilling out in there and then reading a book for the last 20 minutes or just having a conversation with your spouse or your boyfriend, whatever it may be. And that's like your last hour block of your time, which is it's a pretty low stress environment. Like you're not putting a lot of emotional stress on the body. And I, I think sometimes people can forget about that aspect, forget about the whole blue light thing. It's just the what social media can do 
and like watching TV can do can put you into like a stressful environment, not that you're actually like stressed or like maybe you're watching a thriller show and that puts you like gets your anxiety up, right? Like Kaylee watching an action show puts her anxiety levels to 10,000, right? She's literally shaking because she's got so much anxiety <laughs> watching a, an action, action show, right? Like, and she has a hard time going to sleep that night because of it. Um, and same thing can be applied to like social media. Like if some, you know, sat there and watched you, made something made you cry or made you laugh your ass off or maybe that can put your body in a, in a sympathetic state compared to being in a relaxed state. Now that's also at part of that aspect that your people don't think about and that can sometimes can affect you from going to sleep obviously because you're not in a relaxed state anymore. It's kind of like that fight or flight kind of deal. Um, your body's in that like ready to go state and obviously it's not ready to go to sleep yet. It's going to take time for the body to calm down a little bit and kind of re-regulate to get back to that parasympathetic state. You know, and They even talk about that a little bit with like while you're eating that ideally you shouldn't be watching anything or like you're looking at your phone while you're eating because eating is supposed to be like a parasympathetic state where it's like a relaxed state. For like it should be like watching TV while you're eating. Well, like your digestive health, like for like digestive health is like ideally you shouldn't be stressed out while you're eating. Like you should be like mindful of like how you're chewing your food and things like that. That should help like your digestive system because when you're watching things on your phone, like you're not paying attention to what you're doing a lot of times. And so you'll swallow your food too early and because it's not well chewed, that puts more stress on your digestive health and things like that. And so they talk about that as well. Um, but we're kind of getting in the weeds a little bit when you kind of talk about stuff like that. But uh, I think obviously another one that people don't realize is like alcohol consumption yeah. obviously affects your sleep big time. Uh, I, so think everybody knows that one. I think everybody knows that one to a degree. I don't, I don't think that's kind of a dull one, but obviously for somebody who drinks alcohol on a regular, that's obviously going to affect your sleep big time. This one, by far, like one of the things from what I've kind of looked at and whatnot, like alcohol does physically nothing for your health whatsoever. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no benefits to drinking alcohol, at least on health. Like obviously it, it's, it lets people relax and have a good time. And I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that to do that. But, um, it's, it's one of those things like, especially when it comes to your sleep standpoint, it definitely will affect your sleep. So think of it kind of like caffeine intake to where you obviously you want to limit your alcohol consumption up to a certain time before going to bed. Obviously that's not usually the case because most time people are usually drinking at nighttime yeah. when they're going to events or parties or maybe. So that's probably not a realistic thing for most people. But you know, I think from what I've kind of read up on, it's roughly around three to four hours before you go to bed is usually ideally what you would stop alcohol consumption before you go to bed. But also it's a realistic thing. Is that realistic for most people? Probably not. Probably not but maybe if it at least gets you aware of it, you know, maybe the hand helps you out a couple times a year, then, you know, I've done my job. And technically, I threw in a ninth one in there, is your your fluid intake. So, like, for instance, like, when we did the Shredded by Summer Challenge back in, like, I think May, mm-hmm. that we, you know, we talk about water intake, where, you know, ideally, the amount of water you're consuming is roughly about half your body weight in ounces. So if I weigh 200 pounds, I'm ideally consuming somewhere around 100 ounces, give or take a little bit, but that's a good general goal. But if you're only consuming, let's say maybe 40 ounces of water in a day and going from 40 ounces to 100 ounces, it's a humongous water intake, right? And so if you're having to wake up multiple times in the night to go pee, that's also a problem, right? So just like with most things, it'd be like a, gradual increase of water intake where your body can slowly adjust that water intake so we can go from 40 to like 50 to 60 ounces right and doing that for a couple of weeks and then going from 60 ounces to like 70 yeah. 80 ounces right you slowly increase That's that slow intake progression. but if you're somebody who's trying to increase their water intake on a consistent basis but you're having to wake up and pee multiple times in the middle of the night 
it's kind of like that, that, that term you're walking over dollars to get to pennies, mm-hmm. right? Where overall for your general health, like on a way of like a pyramid standpoint, like the sleep is further down the pyramid than what hydration would be, right? Like your sleep is going to be a lot more important than you drinking an extra 20, 30 ounces of water, right? Like that's, you're going to have more dividends from sleeping, having better quality of sleep than drinking that much more water, right? So it's kind of like, so like slowly increase your water intake. That way you're not having to wake up. If you wake up one time in the middle of the night to go pee, not the end of the world, right? If you're waking up two or three times in the middle of the night to go that's pee, a every night, that's a problem. Your fluid intake is too high. Just, and what I would do is, is back regulate that a little bit to where you can kind of slowly ramp up that volume of water. And then from there, you know, you can work your way up to the, the ideal ounces and why that you're looking to do, but don't just don't overhaul that too quickly. And that's what you see a lot of people do is that, you know, they're drinking maybe, you know, maybe half of what they actually need in a day. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going double that intake, right? And they're peeing all day long, right? And it's just, you're, you, you went too fast, too quickly into that. It's like slowly ramp up that, that fluid intake over time and you'll be a lot better off. So, uh, but that, that's kind of, that's kind of nine tips that we gave. Uh, like we kind of said, like in the podcast there, obviously, you know, some things are more realistic than others and some of these are kind of like, duh, and maybe some things were kind of like, oh, I didn't really even know that. And so if maybe, like we talked about, if you're kind of falling, falling off on some of these sleep markers where you feel like that's maybe an issue for you, then definitely maybe look at some of these things that we talked about today and kind of reevaluate kind of your sleep hygiene. And maybe that can maybe help you get more quality of sleep in the long run, which, you know, that alone can, can help you feel so much better and help regulate you know, your workout intensities, things like that, as well as, you know, when you're, when you're having low quality sleep as well, I don't think people realize like, obviously you come a lot more emotional, you make worse decisions a lot of times when you're sleep deprived. And so usually what happens with that is your eating patterns also get affected because of that, because you know, how many people that, you know, and I'm victim of this as well as, you know, you get super tired or, you know, or maybe, and so you end up making worse choices because of that. It's got an easy choice. And so, uh, and it's one of those things as well, I think people make the mistake of, let's say maybe they're only getting five hours of sleep a night, and they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna get seven hours of sleep. Well, an extra two hours of sleep, it's, that's a, you're talking about, you're gonna have to find two hours in your day, right? And it's like, maybe just start off like trying to get an extra 30 minutes, right? Because yeah. more like your routine, you're gonna have to overhaul your routine so much that it's gonna be, you're probably not gonna stick to it, right? Just like with anything, it's, it's like, okay, let's maybe push the needle a little bit in one direction, and let's try to find 30 minutes to start off with, right? Let's let's try to go to bed 15 minutes sooner and maybe wake up 15 minutes later or go to bed 30 minutes sooner in general. Like let's try to let's try to revive our routine to where we get to bed 30 minutes sooner than what we normally have. So we're normally going to bed at 10, let's try to find a way to get into bed by 9.30, right? And then once that becomes a routine, okay, well, let's back that off. Let's try to bring that down to nine o'clock, right? Well, even that subtle thing, even just 30 minutes, right? That's an, even Monday through Friday, it's actually two and a half hours of sleep that your body's not getting currently. Sure. Right, that's a, that's a lot of time. Like it's little things like that. I don't think people realize is that they try to look for like little things that up. The all like people go for yeah. the all or nothing approach, and you know, it's like well, either I do it all or I don't do any of it. And it's like for most things, it's like okay, if you just consistently do these little like this little bit of extra stuff it goes a really long ways, right? It's just like if you're trying to do trying to work on getting strict pull ups, right? You just coming in twice a week and just doing you know three sets of five of, of strict pull up negatives. Right, compared to saying, okay, well, if I can't do strip pull up negatives and barbell curls and ring rows five days a week, five days a week, that's not worth it. I'm like, well, if you just did it twice a week and do it, just that one exercise, 
that'd go a really long ways for not doing anything at all, right? It's the same concept your sleep. It's like, okay, if you could just find 30 minutes, that's an extra two and a half hours of sleep a week that you didn't get otherwise. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a lot already that you're not thinking about. And so, uh, so hopefully that maybe opened up some of your eyes and uh, gave you a little bit better understanding. Is there anything you want to add to that, Kale, that we didn't really talk about? Um, like I said, some of you guys don't give a shit about this. You already have great sleep, then this podcast is not for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so uh, I think maybe next podcast we'll talk about, because this next week is benchmark week. Oh yeah. So next week we'll have to talk about PR week. PR week. So next week we'll have to talk about the new strength cycle and what's coming up for that. So, um, but we'll talk about that next time and we'll see you guys later. See you later.